0: Hey guys, welcome to Junction, uh, a podcast where we define choice. Choice to live on your own terms and by your own design, or simply look the other way and move on. I'm Sinket, your adventure guide for today, as we went through deep inside India's startup ecosystem with India's new age entrepreneurs. laws. that note, today with us we have Raghav and Somna, and their mission is one filled with novelty. That is right. Novel ideas can be good business ideas as well. And these two have proved so by scaling at an incredulous pace with more than 6,000 users in just a few months. When you live for your passion, there's no sense of time and energy. Our words of wisdom, especially in today's day and age, where it has become vital that you train your hobbies and use them as skills to successfully navigate through life, doing what you love and like doing and doing it well to that end. Habit is a unique platform that allows you to discover, explore, and pursue your passion. You can do this by learning and upskilling in creative and new age skills through live mentorship and community. But before we start, I would have to congratulate Raghav and Somnath on getting funded at such an early age and at such an early stage. It is an absolute pleasure to have you guys with us.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, man. Um, That was well put, like, the introduction about Habit. And thank you very much on the wishes as well.
0: So, uh, guys, before we uh, get into cracking the code for students transitioning to entrepreneurs, I would sort of like to understand how you perceive the current startup ecosystem, Uh, because you guys are based out of Bangalore and you guys are from Bits as well. And what do you feel that the near future beholds for student-run Indian startups?
1: Got it. Um, like, yeah, like Drago, let's like, take this like, you know, uh, step by step. I think first, like, we'll talk yeah, yeah, about Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. I can
2: go. By. First, I'll go. I'll
1: no, uh, so what we can do is like, I thought maybe we can just like describe like a little bit about like how our journey was at BITS. I'll talk a little bit about BITS and maybe even Drago can pull in and then we can talk about our like individual views on in general, the startup ecosystem, right? Um, but yeah, like, Raga, we can go ahead, man. I'll talk a little bit about, like, how, how do you think, like, probably Bits has contributed to, like, this whole thing?
2: So, basically, I mean, obviously, when we were starting out, we were pretty dumb at uh, a lot of the stuff. Uh, what we do, we shouldn't. Uh, there were things that we did that we probably shouldn't have. But uh, the whole fun of the was in making those mistakes and understanding very we went wrong uh, after actually making those mistakes right up uh, uh, very... uh starting off uh, like I mean so when we graduated from bits uh, uh connected and about the problem we'd like to solve in general right uh, initially, it was obviously uh pretty slow, we were doing our things at our own pace uh. But, uh, yeah, we entered the startup ecosystem at the start. we didn't exposure uh to the new age fluff the market in the Indian market. uh we didn't have a lot uh a lot of access to even uh being from bits uh at that time, at least we weren't very well uh from but when slowly we went ahead, we moved basically to a few of our seniors who. We knew had started out. They advised us to actually move to a place which is to really a strong building, right? Or uh, in an isolated state, building with people who are building uh, their own individual aspects, for, uh, things in general, their own problems. And that's when we decided to actually move to Bangalore. And yeah, Bangalore is actually a <laughs> pretty much a life changer in terms of of things, right? Uh, access to capital, access to knowledge, access to fellow builders. This, this was in terms of being in a place where you're not the only one building, you're not the only one facing problems which we were uh, facing and we had uh, how the others were looking at for solving those problems, right? But uh, when, once we moved to Bangalore, we basically stumbled upon this place called Draper Startup House. It's actually... It's a beautiful place. Uh, it's started by international investors, Tim Draper. Uh, he, these startup houses, uh, mostly, I think, one, one in every continent. Bali, Singapore, Bangalore, etc. happened to stumble upon it uh, through one of our mutual friends. Uh, told us about that. We loved the place initially. We were basically one on there, like There are a lot of federal farmers. On the web, building the things and uh, being in that environment really helped uh, a lot of perspective uh, on things by building right by building like a lot of things that you need to take care of building a team building the product how do you raise funds what do you say to which investors should you be reaching out to which investors shouldn't be reaching out to uh, and yeah what is dumb capital smart capital sort of things right so that really helped uh, moving a lot.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah that sounds great um so like um just to revise your question i think with like basically asking about like um like how like bits and has contributed to this or uh, like our journey as well as like what's your opinion on like startup ecosystem right um that's something you're asking right um absolutely yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so like, uh, I mean, like Rago said that right, to be very frank, I think like right now it's so popular, dude. Like everyone's just blowing up about like, um, you know, bits being like the mecca of startups, like you said. <laughs> but I don't think like we felt. Particularly the same when you're in bits, okay. Like when we there's pretty normal place to if anything, like um you know, like we used to actually like I don't know about the uh, startup ecosystem itself, but there's a lot of focus on the like, creative one, like uh, creative clubs and departments which are there in bits. Um but though I think like there are a few things about bits um which really like you know, right now, like I think why it's producing so much so much output in terms of like people joining startup site. Um one is that you know, I think it has a very flexible structure, like where you can just like basically like you have Different semesters in your college, right? So every semester um, you're supposed to take like four to five courses which are of your discipline or uh you are majored uh, but the rest of the four to five courses basically you can basically opt from any other major as well so you uh, pursuing chemical engineering doesn't really affect you you can still go take up uh, biology courses or like mathematics courses or computer science courses i think that flexibility is something and second thing zero percent attendance i don't know if you know this or not basically you don't have to attend any classes okay but <laughs> i think what it gives you is like some time and energy to like explore whatever you're curious about um i think like that that curiosity and independence which Get like in a college. I think it's like some way or the other adding to this whole phenomenon. Uh, mm-hmm. But like I seem to have missed out on this phenomenon when uh, we were in college. Okay, uh, but like talking about um, uh, second thing about Bangalore again. Like um, same thing, right? Like uh, we have heard that this is like the, the like Indian Silicon Valley or whatever, right? Uh, but like I think like it's very tough to find out uh, places exactly in Bangalore where you can find this ecosystem, okay? And like Rago had mentioned, I think luckily we came across this place called Repasarappos, which is one of the places where you can actually meet people and you can actually see people who are working on their own, right? People have taken risks and are working on something of their own and they're trying to basically um, figure this out basically day and night and every day, one, one day at a time, Right. Um, I, I think that's something which really helped us on our journey. Uh, but talking about ecosystem in general, I think like there's a lot of misinformation about the startup ecosystem in India in general, right? Like I think uh, the general opinion is that you know, um, like delving into something like startups is like very uncertain, very volatile, and uh, it's not a sustainable lifestyle at all. Not many people are doing it. These are probably few things which you'll hear a lot uh, from people, right? But if you actually look at data. Uh, I think, like, at this point of time, India is second or, like, third largest, uh, basically, a country with, like, the most number of startups, right? I think around, right now, India has, like, around 11,000 startups um, as compared to, like, US, which has around, I think, lakh startups, right? Uh, but in the world, actually, we are, like, the second country to have the most number of startups. There are actually a lot of people pursuing it. Um, I, I think there is this some stigma around the fact that you can't um, <clears throat> go ahead and like join like a startup or uh, something of that sort. And I think primarily like a lot of startups are emerging uh, simply because like the biggest recipe is population, right? That's that's literally like the recipe in India, dude. There's so much population. We have so many users to basically... Um, try out come up with ideas there's so much there's so much diversification of users so there's like so much diversity in needs pain points and desires of all these users so literally there's so many opportunities to basically build products and services right um i think this really got accelerated though um i mean this is something personally i think um uh, is that one because of technology right like 2015-16 is when i remember like geo really started um booming right uh everyone started getting basically internet access and what that really gave us um yeah. <laughs> the technology what it really gave us access to like um, knowledge and resources right Uh, and information so one we have basically at this point of time everyone has technology access and everyone has access to basically information knowledge and resources and what's that really giving you the ability is to start something all right. and uh, once this is already in place what we also have right now in Indian market is a lot of capital okay and what capital is basically doing is once you start something it makes much easier for you to actually execute it get it to the market and scale it right. Um, I think like technology and capital at this point of time are like uh, quite very accessible. Um, and I think that's why it's like so exciting right now to actually start up at this point of time, especially in India. Um, they, I think there is some kind of misinformation, but uh, if you ask me, I think uh, there's no more exciting time than this to actually start up in India. Well, I think uh,
0: that was perfect, and a lot of myths busted. Uh with both your answers. And that was wonderful to know that we'll have a lot of more opportunities in the future as well. But I still want to ask you as Raghav had mentioned. So now the trend is to sort of start early and I'm sure you guys are going to be an inspiration for all the generations to come, but I would want to ask you that is it absolutely essential to get some corporate experience or rather build some networks before you get into uh, finding your own startup? Do you guys also feel the burn of not having corporate experience before launch?
2: So actually, that's a funny question because uh, both of us hardly have any corporate experience. Uh, we basically, uh, to be honest, when I was working uh, in, I was working for a really short while, actually, a machine learning engineer, the condition platform, completely unrelated. Uh, but uh, like I just I, I feel like uh, in that kind of a setup, even though that was that was a startup as well, it was uh, five to six years into the making. And uh, post that, I had switched again as a data scientist full time uh, as the startup. Uh, uh, where I was working for again four to five, basically the company was uh, going on for four to five years. Right, it had been operations for the first. Uh, it just felt very, um, not sure, the growth potential that I felt like I had personally and professionally uh, wasn't being utilized as much uh, in that environment, right? Uh, because a uh, lot of things were uh, online at that time as well, uh, in terms of meeting as many people, uh, my co workers, right, in general, uh, since everything was online, uh, the working as well. But uh, for some reason, uh, what I felt like is the years I was working in a corporate uh, or uh, a startup which is uh, at some level of maturity, uh, the growth potential wasn't being utilized as much as I'd like it to be uh, for me personally or professionally, right? Uh, and within just eight to nine months of starting up, uh, personally and professionally, I've reached a stage of the growth where I think... Uh, any corporate experience uh, or any other experience could have uh, taken me so ahead uh, personally in my life, right? So uh, what I feel like is if anything people should start in their college, they shouldn't even uh, probably, uh, obviously corporate experience is something uh, definitely valuable but I don't feel like right now currently given the growth potential that people are looking at in their career, uh, it's not like Working or starting up on your own, uh, college is probably right at the door. Uh, and if they missed out on a corporate experience, it's I don't think it's uh, anything that they should, uh, looking back at and getting at all.
1: Yeah, um, so like, I mean, like for me, though, it's like completely different. road I, in fact, actually, like didn't work at any company i have actually a like very research focused background okay um i i like the only thing i've done all my life is actually just research uh, i think in one way it actually helped a lot like just being from research like i think it really adds to critical thinking about like a lot of things uh, and also one more thing which, ha- which happens like when you're researching working in a lab is that you're uh, mostly ending up building products on your own so you'll have to learn coding designing everything by yourself i think that's something which really helped in my journey. Um, though I think, like, dude, uh, like to be very frank, um, I think everything has its pros and cons. Like, um, as much as I'm, like, you know, I feel like startups are the things which are actually going to change, uh, how the Indian economy works and like, you know, actually, um, help with uh, the society getting better. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with like also going and joining a corporate or anything, right? Uh, personally, I feel like I have not missed out on anything by not join, uh, not joining a corporate. Uh, but I think like people have joined corporate, right? I think there's a certain lifestyle which they see. You know, uh, where probably there are few people who are not privileged enough to actually take such a huge risk and you know start up a start up on something, right? Probably a lot of people don't have access to resources to actually start up, right? Um, uh, I think that's understandable for people who are there in corporate. The kind of lifestyle they're seeking, I think it's like totally up to them whether they want to do it or not. Uh, But I think like like we discussed in the last uh, point as well, right? Like um, with the current access to technology and capital, like uh, it just makes it really easy. Um, to basically start something of your own, and like what uh, you really get when you start up is that like that that space to basically. Uh, create and innovate, right? That might not necessarily be the case in um, corporates. So in corporates, we see that a lot of decisions are usually top-down, right? Uh, but like someone above you tells you what to do and you'll have to figure it out. I mean, there, there are cases when there's also bottom-up change, but they, that really, um happens to be the case. Um, but in startups, it's actually much of the innovation is driven bottom-up rather than top-down. And you're basically getting that freedom and independence to work on something of your own, right? Um, that is the first aspect. I think that's something all of us crave, right? Deep inside to do something of our own, like own that particular thing. And most importantly, get that freedom to uh, create and innovate. That's something which that you get, right? Um, I think like uh, for that reason, I don't think I've missed out anything uh, like, you know, by not a single corporate. Uh, but though I think um like something... Uh, like something to add there is that uh, one thing which is very important regardless of you being in a corporate or whether in a startup right Uh, I think you uh, learn a lot by actually meeting people right Um, so there are a few things which like the way you think or the way you act or execute anything right Uh, I think that really comes in once you get exposure to seeing how other people work Um, I think that's one benefit of corporates, like especially if it's like an agile corporate right you get to see how people are like one quantifying a lot of metrics um, and how they're actually doing and getting shit done. Uh, I think that kind of exposure is something really good with corporate, like when you're starting up immediately at an early age, you might probably miss off uh, of, of all that experience. Uh, luckily, I've gotten it from, uh, you know, uh, working on a very uh, agile lab uh, when I was doing the research, I understood how people can de- actually work on things very quickly. Uh, I'm sure even Drago basically had an experience with like a short, uh, short stint uh, before Habit with Rapido as well as Hava Mo, where he, I'm sure he got to see how actually people coordinate, uh, you know, work on projects and all of that. And I think like that interaction with people is actually with what matters the most right um and, and there's actually one quote which says that um becoming more deeply connected with those you admire and love uh bolsters in you the traits you most admire in them okay what it basically means is that you discover yourself actually interacting with people uh and when you see something for yourself right uh, especially the qualities in people you start strengthening those qualities in, in yourself Right. Uh. So I think that that interaction should be like um uh, very essential whether you work uh, work in a corporate or like startup. And you can actually see that like translating into our product as well dude, Like even habit, right? That's that's actually one of our core value propositions, that we believe that you can actually truly learn by like interacting with people. Right. It's more about people and interaction rather than content and consumption.
0: Yeah, so I think uh, that was wonderful. Um, I mean, uh, there are some pros and cons to everything, as you mentioned. But uh, as the trend suggests, starting early does have a lot of pros. And I do believe that that's what you guys support as well. So uh, I would like to ask you that now that you've launched and you started to scale, one of the toughest things to do in terms of users and consumers is to change their behaviors. Because trends keep on coming and going behaviours are something that require a whole different level of convenience and contention your idea has to offer. How do you plan on doing that? Because for the longest time, obviously people have been cricket, football, painting, photography, and why do you believe that people would bother to try something new and upskill them?
1: Yep, yep. Sandeep, you want to
2: go ahead first?
1: No, you can go ahead, man. I'll follow up after you. No problem. So,
2: uh Yeah, that's a good question, though. But uh, what we're actually uh, looking at is, um, yeah. So what habit is essentially focusing is um, creative and new age digital skills, which basically can be taught better online than offline. skills that you can learn online to live online, right? So uh, let's take an example, right? So there are a lot of people uh, currently that we're doing with market research, talking to a lot of customers. On a daily basis and try to understand which are the skills that are really trending in the market, right? Uh, where they can basically find value in them, uh, pick up that skill, find that and that, uh, monetize it, or even if not monetize it, build a brand, a personal brand to it, right? Um, so what we're looking at is basically uh if you've noticed, right, five to ten years probably from today, like before today, uh five to ten years before today, what you would say sustainable lifestyles in India are, are probably uh, what we've always heard, right? Either you become an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer or a chartered accountant. These are the only ways to live sustainably, right? Uh, what I mean by sustainably is you cut these skills, uh, you go into industry, you make an earning, and you basically support your lifestyle, uh, the lifestyle of the depend- dependent on you, etc. Uh, But what we're seeing in India currently is there's a huge boom in the creator economy, right? In fact, the whole 21st uh, century, the decade is uh, labeled as it's going to be the creator's uh, economy or the creator's century, right? Uh, So what we're looking at right now is a fundamental shift in people where they are understanding that they can monetize or make a sustainable lifestyle out of their creative skills, out of skills that they've always wanted to pick up. But they were constrained uh, to just take, take it up as a side game or as a side hobby. Uh, and uh, because there was a question of how do you make it sustainable, right? How do you make a sustainable business out of it? How do you basically uh, like make a lifestyle out of it where you can sustain or uh, fund yourself, fund your lifestyle, your dependence, et cetera, right? Uh, now, with a huge boom in the creator economy, we're seeing that these, these lifestyles are actually becoming sustainable, right? Uh, on an average uh, a creator uh, today in india uh, we see communicators on more than the uh, average engineer or an average lawyer chartered accountant etc right uh, and these are not just data points right these are basically we speak to our mentors on a weekly basis we try to understand their pain points right as well uh, our mentors uh, on our platform um, who are actually creators uh, who become now my entrepreneurs where they're monetizing their creations, uh, they earn on an average more than uh, in, as a creator than they used to in their day jobs earlier, right? Uh, one of our creators, Kumudini, a scrapbook journaling creator uh, and, a, and an entrepreneur, she has her own scrapbook journaling uh, business that she runs, where she sells her scrapbook journaling products, services, etc., right? She, as a creator, scrapbook learning creator, earns three times more uh, as a creator than what she did in her day job, right? So those are some data points that we're seeing which are blooming or, or going crazy in India as well. And there's a fundamental shift that we're seeing in the Indian market where people are basically learning these skills online and uh, looking at sustaining themselves through skills online, right? And we're not just limited to the ones that we have ex- a lot of new age digital skills that we're looking at. How do you make a podcast, financial literacy, personal finance, right? uh, music production, YouTube branding, LinkedIn branding, Instagram branding. All of these are skills that we've identified or are these growing in India, which don't have uh, an institutionalized learning system uh, in college or even earlier, but these are best taught best uh, mentors to that path, right? Uh, and that is literally what uh, our supply side is, our supply side are creators and market entrepreneurs who walk that path, and we're basically enabling live mentorship for learners to walk that path uh, from the experienced people uh, guiding them on a day-to-day basis. Right. So yeah, that's that's a little bit about how uh, spanning out to be.
1: Um, like I think, like, I'll just build on top of like, uh, like, there's something which you already obviously talked about and Raghu has covered like a lot of points already. So, I mean, like, firstly, I don't think like we're changing a lot of behavior here, right? Uh, one is that like, I think like fundamentally all of us had the need for creative expression dude. Uh, so uh, if you look about it, like, I think everyone has like uh, different aspects in their lifestyle, right? Like, uh, basically we have, we try to seek purpose from something. We try to seek uh, passion from something, right? We try to seek love from people. And similarly, creative expression is one of those aspects which all of us have, uh, each one, all of us have hobbies that, uh, like, if you just look look around you, dude, who doesn't have a hobby, right, it might be different from uh, one person to another, but everyone has some way of basically creatively expressing themselves, right, I think there's always a need, I think there's a bridge, though, There was like a gap, basically, um, in the fact that uh, like previously when I think like this is something most of us as Indian students would probably resonate right after 10th like most of us were told that the only way uh, you can l- have a lifestyle is by taking something like some JE or medicine or career commerce or something like that because this is the only things that you can earn money right that's what we've been told I think that that's, that's understandable I think like five years back when there was no like uh, like digital economy right there's not uh, enough access to technology it still made sense because these are the things which we could pursue as careers but what really happened once everyone got access to the internet is simply simply as simple as that everyone who has any unique niche skill is able to monetize that right Uh, using technology simply using internet right there are so many platforms right now even if you have something very unique or uh, like niche to deliver you can easily monetize on top of that Um, and I think what we're doing really is like uh, capturing that right like helping like learners to upskill to become creators when I mean creator uh, anyone is creators as long as they have something unique or to teach someone else right um and that's basically what we're trying to do like you know helping learners upskill to become creators and creators who already exist right now across categories like rago had already mentioned right uh, anywhere from art music design to even new age skills where you're talking about like you yourself right podcast creation or how to create a new set itself or how to start a youtube channel um how to basically do digital marketing all of these uh new age digital skills uh, we're basically helping uh, creators who are already present in these people these skills uh, monetize better to become micro entrepreneurs and the thing is things like these you can't institutionalize uh, simply because these are things which recently came up like how to monetize these skills is something which recently came up over the last 2-3 years um, and the only people who you can actually learn from are the people who you did and right now if you go to a platform also like uh, all the creators who are there on a platform are people who have their own personal and business brand alright so we have like a nicely created basically like top quality creators who have like from the very early age um pursued something creative or like you know uh, on their own and now had made like a sustainable lifestyle out of it right um i think like that's basically what we're trying to do like i think all of us had this need for pursuing something creative uh for a long time in like indian digital education or in general indian education that this is something which was not told um which was told that you can't be pursued but now we're trying to change that around we're trying to uh basically make sure that you have opportunities in that you can find community and live mentorship in this to actually make a lifestyle out of it uh, that's basically what we're doing uh, but in terms of at least uh, let's talking about how to making it how how to make it like more uh, realistic or practical right um, I think this is one more thing right like there are a few other platforms right now where you know uh, you're probably going and um, they're focusing on making sure you have you're getting prepared towards test preparation or like certificates or grades and all of that right but if you look about it like the truly how we actually learn is actually by doing some kind of project or product right and that's what we're actually doing so I think that's one thing which is really contributing to changing the behavior what we're doing is that people come to a workshop or course or something wherever there's a, uh, where there whenever there's a learning session on the platform right you actually get to do a product and you're immediately able to see that by the end of the session right and that has a huge impact dude uh, when you're putting in effort and you're able to see results very immediately i think that really creates that momentum and on top of creating these products and projects it's, it's not just ending there right one they have a community with which you're doing it so the of social validation feedback and appreciation which you get from the rest of the community as as you're doing your products and projects is really going to push you more and more right on top of that if you look at a platform what we're also doing is that just gamifying this whole journey we're helping basically uh, giving reward points for all these people to to sh- show some kind of validation for the kind of efforts that they're putting right so even from product side we're, basically we're trying to. Um, add in some sort of like social validation, feedback, bring in that whole community aspect uh, to basically make sure uh, it is pushing these guys to um, actually upskill and uh, make it their lifestyle.
0: Yeah, I think um, that's truly wonderful. And the fact that people can see immediate results is something that is totally contributing to the fact why Habit is an excellent platform for all creators. So, uh, you talked about communities, and I would love to take this point up because um, I mean, you know, uh, I truly believe that most startups nowadays are sort of based on building a community outreach. So, uh, what are the significant challenges that you faced in creating these communities and reaching out to more members to join the community apart from the focused mentorship as well? Because uh, it is understandable uh, that, you know, people sort of coming together to do something and to learn something. Does create sort of a chain reaction and they do get motivated. But is it something uh, that has been really difficult to target and to uh, sort of maximize upon?
1: No, I think, like you said, right? Like, I think one part is actually the network effect itself. Like, that's something which we realized, like Rago and I recently that um you know that you usually need like some sort of critical mass i think this is something which people will realize sooner and later uh, as they're building communities right uh, usually there's some sort of critical mass that you need to acquire in like most of these communities to actually build up that organic engagement and interaction all right um, that is like one uh, thing which you actually like realized uh, recently uh, but uh, like I think more importantly like since you're focusing more on problems right um, I think in communities the thing is um, so uh, there is like if you talk about like b- building communities offline right uh, where you are actually meeting people and getting like a bunch of people to create a community there's a high friction in there right because there's so much operation you actually have to get people together uh, I think like what community digital communities will be solving is actually making it very low, low friction right even in digital communities if you take things like discord or Uh, clubhouse for example these are synchronous forms of communication, right? There is still some sort of friction there that you have to make sure people come together at the same time. Uh, I think what really happens uh, when you make asynchronous digital communities and add some sort of synchronicity to it, it becomes very low friction. Uh, and then the only problem which we'll have to solve, at least in our product, is making, see like, there are a few, like, basically services or products uh, where the investment changes, dude. So something like healthcare, for example, is a long-term investment. It's not like you'll just invest today and you'll be done right these are things that you like uh, yeah, let it be your fitness or mental health these are things that you develop over time uh, with the community right education is one of those things you just don't go for like um like it, it's not very quick there's like a c- continual learning process right you need some sort of investment for a long time and i think that's it with like um, having like a digital community where there's low friction really helps us. Um, I, I think that's something which we've figured out. But I think like one more problem which we um, are like fighting very well is actually making sure um, when something like education, where you're upscaling, where you have to put in some amount of time, effort and energy, um, making sure the interaction and engagement is staying there for a long time. Um, that's something which are basically, um, which we have figured uh, really well. Um, Rago, maybe you can add in viewpoint. few points.
2: Yeah, so uh, there are there are there are a couple of things actually in communities, right? Um, so communities, digital communities, what we're building. Uh, so as people, we're every like, like all of us are social beings, right? Uh, we want to interact with people in general who are like-minded, or even if not like-minded, uh, meet people with different perspectives and expand our thought process, etc., right? But the fundamental part is that we do like meeting new people or we do like talking to people in general uh a lot right be it offline or online now with the hope right uh that uh the pandemic has created obviously offline uh communities have taken a standstill, right uh but online communities is just a replacement for that particular interaction that we're seeing right uh and there are obviously there are a lot of experiences that you can create in online digital communities uh, to make the experience as good as your offline uh, community experience, right? Uh, there are obviously so many much that we have so many tools and techniques to actually make the interaction really good uh, in online communities, right? So, what I feel like is uh, obviously, initially while you com- create communities for a product yes, it is hard generating that, uh, the you know, getting people in uh, or showing them the value of the community that hey, uh, if you join the community, there's a lot of value in it for you. Uh, there are so many other people you can share your learnings, projects, etc., in that particular uh, micro community, in that skill, etc., right? Uh, but fundamentally, people do want to be part of these communities where they can basically uh, expand, collaborate, talk to new people, create together, etc., right? And the a product of just helping uh, create those communities and enable those uh, sparks and interactions uh, in terms of collaboration, etc, right? Uh, And as Hanneet mentioned, actually, uh, what initially was struggling with is how do you basically make a community engaging? How do you increase the interactivity? How do you, like, you know, where are the sparks? How do you, like, get those sparks in the community? Uh, Once you like them, like, the community, like, lights up and everyone's talking to each other it's really good right uh what we saw is it's actually a lot very much dependent upon your critical mass of the community right if there is an x amount of people in the community uh that if, if that is a critical mass if you reach that and if you supersede that that the interactions start happening automatically there are only a few nudges you require probably as a community manager community moderator or as a product. Right, uh, where you can enable those interactions through technology, where you basically have, or you break the ice with few events or few introductions, etc. But if if the if your community has reached a critical mass, then those interactions are sustainable. Like they just keep going on and on, and people love sharing and talking about what they're doing in that skill. They share their projects, they share their learning, they share their knowledge, they help each other out. We've seen so many interactions in our community which are so heartwarming where people are basically like, yo, uh, where can I get, like, the cracked version of this? Uh, and people are just lining up to help them out. Oh, uh, hey, you can access this. Use my password, right? Uh, and they're basically sharing a lot of knowledge, a lot of access, uh, which our community members didn't have previously. And it's just a collective growth uh, that we're seeing through communities, right? And it's it's beautiful, actually.
1: Yeah, Um. to summarize that up, uh, like, for you. Like, um... Basically, like what we're trying to tell, like, you know, since you asked about, like, how difficult it was for us uh, to create communities, like, um, the thing is, like, there's always been this fundamental need to be social. So, so far, it's been only for entertainment, right, Like on things like YouTube or Netflix, uh, there's social value attached to it. Recently, we're seeing that happening to education, and that's basically what we're pro- uh, promoting as the community learning aspect of it. Um, Pandemic definitely did accelerate this lot of things, right? People started, what really happened once COVID happened is that um, people started seeking more and more experiences digitally, right? Uh, We are talking about anything from learning to even dating, Right, everything we're starting to seek uh, through like our digital medium itself. I think that really uh, helped out um, a lot uh, for us in creating communities. And I think this behavior is going to last for a long time. People started realizing that when you're able to get such quick access to such high quality, uh, you know, like people and content out there, uh, why would you, you know, put in like uh, go like try to interact with these same communities with uh, much more high friction medium, uh, which is basically meeting them in offline, right? Uh, so I think this kind of behavior is still going to last. Uh, but Obviously, right, uh, there are like few things which will always like uh, remain in like figuring out for committees, like Raghav had also mentioned it's basically before the critical mass itself, how would you uh, basically start the interaction engagement? Uh, there are a few things which are heavily experimenting with right now and we are tra- starting to see very early signs of how to even create that engagement and interaction before the critical mass itself. Uh, I think that's something which you actually explored and uh, figure to a better and helps us a lot as a product, uh, get more learners towards our platform.
0: I think uh, that was great. And there's a lot of important insights for all the new entrepreneurs that are sort of trying to get a community running and get it uh, sort of uh, hit the ground running with more and more engagements. So uh, lastly, uh, I mean, most people that are updated on startup news in general uh, know and would also be curious to learn more about your recent announcement of getting funded. And we would love to get some brief insights into the process. And we do have a lot of startups looking for more capital. So what are the key questions one should know the answers to, to increase their chances of getting funded?
2: Yep. Um, so basically, uh, what we're looking at here is, I mean, obviously, when we were raising funds, right? Sandeep and I were raising funds. Uh, initially, we didn't have, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we were pretty naive while uh, raising funds. We didn't have much access to uh, the ecosystem. Uh, the startup ecosystem as you say right uh, until we actually move to bangalore uh, and even in bangalore when people say okay bangalore is the silicon valley uh, of uh, india etc that you have to be in the right place in bangalore as well right uh you uh, have, like i was working in bangalore even before but i wasn't probably in the right mind space or right place physically to to be accessed like have access to that startup ecosystem and uh, yeah, so when we were basically starting out, we were pretty naive. We were we were looking at, uh, yeah, we I mean we didn't have much access. But after speaking to some few people, etc., uh, who were building it, we basically started reaching out to uh, angel investors uh, at the start. Right, this was when we were when we had an MVP in place. Uh, we didn't have much revenue, but we had an MVP and we had early traction. Uh, in terms of uh, like response from a lot of customers that we spoke into, uh taking up our services, etc right? Um so at that time when we were basically uh free revenue, probably free uh product, but it was the MVP state that we were looking at. Uh the best way probably to raise uh capital at that time with the current resources that we had, uh we we approached angel investors, right? Uh and uh but if we if I if we were to go back, probably we would. Uh, probably hitting, be really hitting up uh, micro VCs in India, right? There's a huge corpus or uh, huge uh, access uh, to micro VCs that even college students in India have, right? Uh, micro VCs like Titan Capital, etc., are really helpful. Actually, they, uh, there are a lot of my, other micro VCs in India where uh, they do provide you uh, certain funds uh, initially, even at the stage of your just, just MVP or pre-revenue, etc., right? Uh, A lot of uh, other micro VC's also look at just the paper plan and uh, fund you the initial amount to basically take you uh, to your product stage and then uh, take a better new uh, at at the very early stages, right? Uh, But yeah, most of these uh, funds, what they ask initially, at least uh, in the first few meetings uh, when you're raising
1: Uh, your first round. Before we probably jump into the questions, maybe like a few more things to know about us. One is like... um, like I don't think like firstly like I think we're probably too early like in the journey to talk much about raising funds uh, like we're still like just getting started right we just uh, raised one round uh, and second thing is that like you don't have to necessarily raise a round if you want to get into startups man. Um, if you have revenue if you think you can just like be bootstrapped I think you can be bootstrapped you don't have to necessarily raise on unless you feel like it's absolutely necessary like in your market your product your service you know the best where the funds will help you uh, whether it be for building the team, whether it's for expansion scaling, right? Um, And uh, like once you determine that, okay, you know what, um, this raising funds is actually going to help us scale better or... Uh, get it to the market uh, for real, like more efficiently, then you can raise funds. Here also, again, I think that like multiple innovations happening, right? Like we have platforms like Kickstarter, um, where you can actually, even if you just have a project, right? um, You can just put your project out there and I'm sure people will basically start funding you, right? Uh, There are a a lot of platforms coming like this, there's again, um, AngelList, uh, where like there's a lot of crowdsourcing of funding also happening, right? Uh, but, like, um, there are a lot more options where, you know, you can get funding um, uh, apart from, like, VCs and VCs. Uh, but, like, uh, yeah, like Rag was mentioning, there's, like, a huge network of um, micro VCs and VCs where there's, like, a lot of capital flowing right now. You can, uh, we'll talk more about the resources. Uh, but, yeah, let's get back to the questions about, like, uh, about the topic of, like, what are the kind of things which, uh, basically, um, these guys are looking into. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, yeah, uh, as you said, right, of course, uh, being bootstrapped is obviously, like, some of the first thing that people should think. In fact, we we have a couple of friends that are bootstrapping their businesses, right, and uh, they're doing really well uh, in terms uh, of the revenue that they're generating. But uh, at a stage, probably, uh, some people realize that they want to probably grow much faster uh, than the bootstrap resources they have, then it makes sense probably raise external capital and help you boost that growth if necessary at all, right? To basically reach or penetrate the market much faster. Then it makes sense to raise external funds, but otherwise even bootstrapping is something.
1: Yeah. In fact, actually, we were bootstrapped for like a few months before we actually raised the round, dude. Like for some 3-4 months, like we were actually just running on our own funds. We didn't have like any uh, like funds which she raised outside or anything. Yep.
2: Yeah, so when we actually realized that okay, uh, we wanted to move much faster and we thought that we'd raise a uh, some of the few questions that we, I mean, or people who are raising a down should definitely be uh, aware of is there are like fundamentally three questions that almost all uh, investors ask, right? Uh, first is, what is, what, is your, what is the founder's and the team's background, right? Uh, why are you the best team? to solve this particular problem, right? Uh, maybe Sandeep can elaborate more on that. I'll just cover the three points and then we can uh, dive deeper into how it's actually uh, relevant. Uh, second is basically, uh, what is your market size, right? What is the market size that you're looking at? So all of these investors actually are really interested only if the basically the market size is really big, right? Uh, they'd love to fund players uh, in in... In, in a market which is uh, which is a big market and they can look at a larger chunk to capture that market. Obviously, because they're putting in funds, they'd want to basically look at uh, higher returns in their funds. And that is obviously much more accessible and possible if the market is big. Uh, if the market is inherently small, then obviously the growth potential reduces by quite a lot uh, in the later stages, right? Uh, so that's the second. And the third is basically what they look at is uh, currently in your market, where you are at, where the other players are at, what is? What are the uh, other solutions? Existing solutions? Competition, et cetera, right? Uh, and uh, how are you going to basically navigate to uh, that to basically capture that market uh, of that big market that you're looking at, right? Uh, so these three combined basically uh, help uh, investors understand, right, uh, where these stand if they are a good team to fund and uh, post that there obviously traction. Uh,
1: discussions, etc. So, I think like that pretty much tells a like few core points. Uh, I mean, like, I'm sure there are a lot of other points. Like, you know, like you obviously want to think about what is your core value proposition, and most importantly, who are your customers? So, like, you'll have to know about that. You don't want to just, uh, straight up go like uh raise funds right you want to understand like first probably run the experiment and try to understand who are the people are getting attracted towards your product right Or what who exactly you are solving the problem for and how are you solving it right um another thing also is to see what are the alternate existing solutions right like how is your one like are there uh, existing solutions two if there are existing solutions how is yours better Right. Um, these are things that you obviously want to think about. Um, and I think like uh, this is something like as a more of a personal opinion. Um, I think there are a lot of VCs and micro VCs out there. Um, not I mean, every micro VC and VC is fit for your product, right? I think it also you'll also have to be a little selective about like your the kind of micro VC and VC going behind. Um, that I do know like there are a few like firms uh, which whose thesis is basically about like the product or service or the industry itself. So even if the market size is fundamentally not um, too big uh, these guys do fund you if you're working on a certain type of market where probably the market size is not uh, particularly big right now or even if your startup is a category defining startup right what that basically means is you're coming in and you're defining category itself I think that's how most of the marketplaces are also right you're actually creating a category of like services and products right um, there are a few people who specifically go behind that uh, I think like you'll have to well do your research as to which kind of like, um, uh, like people you want to raise from as well. There are a few people who have thesis probably specific to your particular industry, product, or service. Uh, you probably want to spend a lot of time um, uh, basically just understanding who are these people and then uh, try to approach the right VC, micro VC, or uh, whoever it is that you're trying to plan to raise uh, funds from, right? Um, I think that's very important and I think one thing which I didn't know maybe uh, before I started the journey is how long it actually takes to raise funds man uh, dude it takes so much time dude um, like that's something I think people need to know about like it usually takes months um, like VC firms which are big um, like I think there's so many steps to it right like you have like multiple calls Um, there's like due, delegation, due uh, diligence and like it usually takes like months a couple of months So uh, probably you don't want to be at like a runway of like one or two months away and then start raising funds. You usually want to have like a much um, larger, like um, what do you call buffer period uh, before your runway actually ends. You want to have like a minimum of like 12 months or six months or something of that sort, right? Uh, I think that's something which people need to know if they haven't uh, already entered the startup ecosystem. Uh, this is usually quick with like few micro VCs where you know they quickly invest into uh, startups within like a week or two, it's usually closed. Uh, but like most of the firms usually takes co- quite some time. I think people should be aware of that.
0: I think uh, there's a lot of important information for everyone out there. Uh, so uh, thank you for that. This was wonderful. Um, and I think it was an absolute pleasure to have you guys. Now I would like to play sort of a very quick rapid fire round with you guys where we talk about the startup ecosystem. So one word or one sentence answers. And um, you both can go uh, one after the other. Cool.
1: Wait, so like you can just tell like a sentence or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool.
0: So uh, should we
1: start? Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So one overrated or overvalued startup you feel?
2: <laughs> Yours is a controversial one, but ah, uh, uh, I mean, should probably scrap that. Don't have bandwidth to deal with like lawsuits right now. But yeah, I feel I honestly feel with the uh yeah, I think Baiju's is overrated.
1: Um, uh, I think it's nothing, dude. Oh. And nothing is actually the startup, basically, <laughs> by the OnePlus co-founder who just started it. <laughs> Wait, nothing what? Not oh, that's a <laughs> nothing is actually a startup. I think. No, called your phone. Your Yeah, yeah, that is overly hyped, but yeah, <laughs> that that's actually the startup name. It's called Nothing, and it's that's very, very hyped. Nice. That's the so next question.
2: <laughs> then, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: So next question. Uh one key realization that you've had in college, very short and briefly. One what? Key realization that you've had in college that's helped you in your journey. Uh
2: helped me in my journey, I'm not sure, but I honestly feel like degrees are a scam in terms of it's not helped me a lot. Uh I myself I'm, I have a computer science degree, but uh people who are who don't have that degree of from other colleges uh, with that degree are much better coders. Uh, i don't think i don't think degrees
1: hold any value. yeah i mean like yeah you can say that about institutionalized education to an extent uh, but like for me i think like the realization is that colleges is actually more about the people than the place um, i think that's general in general a realization which i've had that a lot of things are actually about the people and not really the place itself
0: so um, right so uh, one new age entrepreneur you feel is an inspiration to all okay mm,
2: to be honest I take more inspiration from people who are building around me uh, so that would like people in general like right? so we live in a, a co-working co-living co-working space uh, where a lot of entrepreneurs uh, so I prefer to take inspiration from uh, budding entrepreneurs like me around me, uh, especially Steven Sandeep, I take a lot of inspiration from him uh, on how he uh, has grown as a founder or right? uh, as an entrepreneur so it's more about that than having uh, someone who's established for
1: uh, like I think for me, like uh, maybe straight up answering your question, obviously I would like like Raghav said, like it's just likewise for me as well. But like to answer like more about like uh new age entrepreneurs, I, I really like what uh, Tanmay Bhatt is doing, dude. Um, like I don't think he's like uh people would probably call him an entrepreneur, right? Uh, but like I think what he's doing is like um, like he has a huge base, man. He's out- outreach in terms of how he's entertaining people, and he's redirecting a lot of people to actually educate them, right? Like I've seen. I think it's Honestly with Tanmay or something where he's basically educating people about like financial uh, literacy. He's educating people about multiple things like neuroscience. Um, it's really nice. I think like I like that kind of uh, like it just like a completely new age different approach which I really like. Um, I think I'd probably go with him if you ask me about a new age entrepreneur who's who's out there, who's probably like known to people. So
0: One book you would advise everyone to read me
2: it would be
1: hooked i really like that for product building. Uh, like since your tj is entrepreneur, that says the hard things about hard things by ben horowitz
0: um, right so one skill you believe everyone or every kid at least should start cultivating from an early age
2: okay this is actually something i really resonate with screwing up as when you're a kid is looked down upon, but I feel like people who screw up the most eventually end up succeeding the most because uh, they they have the band like they have much more experience while screwing up than people who've not screwed up in life as
0: kids.
1: Um, like I'd probably I, I don't know about like uh like something which they should start cultivating, uh, but something which is, they should not stop uh, is basically curiosity uh like being curious and uh just questioning everything right anything and everything i think that's something which should they should not stop like you find a lot of kids asking everything about anything right um that's something which they should just not stop basically
0: so uh final two questions uh one word to um sum up your co-founder oh.
2: sandeep. sandeep is a pillar man he's like a rigid pillar for the team you can always back uh, like go back to him
1: fire burning there is peace always this, this is a tough one dude like you can't sum up like a person in one this thing dude uh like I'd probably go with the word human being i think, <laughs> but uh like more to talk about like uh like like how to put it um like I think he's a very quick learner like he's very agile um like he learns very quickly he can probably tell him something in the next day' probably be really good at it um. I I think I'd go for Agile, actually.
0: So one more question. Uh, The last question. And um, I mean, if it's possible, try to sum up your journey at habit uh, in one word or in a sentence.
2: That's a hard one.
0: Uh,
2: Impactful. So, I mean, there's obviously impactful is subjective, but uh, depends on where and how you create impact. But there's a lot of impact that I see that's being created on a daily basis. And this whole journey has been very impactful and that's like genuinely rewarding, right? Seeing impact in any way could be in people's lives or uh, either team members, customers, anyone. Uh, but yeah, creating an impact somewhere or the other.
1: Mm, that's actually tough. Um, I'd have a couple of words, but I'll stick to something normally like eye-opening. Uh, but I think I'd always also go for something like spontaneous. Um, but yeah, man, uh, it's been like eye-opening for sure. Like, I um, opened, uh, opened up a lot of things in general about the world and in general about like human behavior, et cetera.
0: So uh, I think uh, that was it. And thank you uh, so much, guys, for doing this. It was a real pleasure to have you. And uh, I do feel uh, that these two guys are changing the way that we go about our lives. And I am on the lookout to learn what it is that I love doing the most. And I hope that their platform Helps millions like me to find where my true interests lie and develop them. So thank
1: you so much for doing this. Okay. Hey, thanks a lot. This was, this was delightful. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. For taking thanks, buddy.
2: This was really great. Fun. Let's do this sometime. again. Thank you.